Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing, man? I want to welcome you to the first annual basketball special. I say annual because I'm probably going to do this every year. But uh, actually, AP, AP term. This is one thing I learned in school. It's not annual if it's the first one. So I got to start this over. All right, let me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you guys to the Unpopular Podcast. This is your boy Jalen, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. The NBA is back, man. The NBA is back on Wednesday. Uh, I'm excited. I, I mean, basketball's the NBA, you know, basketball is my favorite sport. I love uh, college basketball, the NBA, and it's back. Uh, and I know I usually drop on Wednesdays, but because the NBA starts on Wednesday, I'm going to do this. This episode is a little special. <laughs> This is uh, my basketball NBA special where I rank what I'm going to be doing this episode is I'm going to be ranking every uh, I'm going to be ranking every team from one to 30 uh, and giving my my assessment of how they'll do for the season. Uh, again, this is the unpopular podcast where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. And uh, without further ado, let's do it. So, every year, 30 teams go into the season. A lot of them think to themselves, this could be the year. A lot of them clearly know this ain't about to be the year because they suck or they're rebuilding. And it's it's going to be a crazy dynamic, man. It's, uh, you got players more than likely will be moved by trade deadline or by the end of the season. You got teams that look the way they do now but won't look the way they do Come playoff time, you have rebuilding teams, you have exciting rookies, you have players move. Man, there's so much going on with the NBA this season. I am excited, man. I am excited. And with with the season coming, a lot of people think that one team or two or or one of two teams could win it all, but there's so many storylines to an NBA season that the not anybody that watches basketball knows that just because there could be one or two teams that are clearly above the rest, that there are so many great things to watch about the sport of basketball, from players to teams to you know anything in between. Basketball is fun, and like I said, this episode uh, I'm going to be ranking every team and just talking about every team from uh, one to thirty. So I'm gonna go with the worst team. Number thirty is the Atlanta Hawks. Um. So they could have got Luka Doncic in the draft. They they had a third overall pick, and they picked Trey Young. While the new NBA is shooting threes, you know Steph Curry really revolutionized the game of basketball. I myself, I don't know if I would have picked Trey Young over Luka in college. While Trey Young was a phenomenal player, especially scoring. There's a lot of things that Trey Young did or can't do that he needs to get better with. Like his defense is terrible. He makes sometimes he he makes kind of boneheaded plays. Uh, but again, he's he's a shooter. Sometimes he shoots way too far. We saw, we saw that in the uh, in the summer league a little bit. Trey Young would would take deep bombs for no reason because he thought uh, he thought it was a good shot, but 
you know, I'm not going to take away from Trey. Trey Young is a good player. If you're in the NBA, you're good. But I would have chose Luka due to the fact that I feel Luka, especially down the road, can be more of a trans, uh, a transformative player when it comes to a team than Trey Young. But Atlanta really rolled the dice with Trey Young, man. They it's it's pretty much Trey Young or bust. If Trey Young's not good, there's not. I mean, you have Tarek Prince. You have John Collins. You have Vince Carter still in the league. I think Vince Carter started. You know what? I'm about to show my age. Um, Vince Carter still in the league. So I don't know, man. Atlanta doesn't really have much, have much at all, and they really won't have a lot if Trey Young doesn't doesn't bloom. You know what I'm saying? Like they they have. They don't really have a core that Trey Young can work with. So they're really banking on Trey Young being great immediately. Because if not, yes, they can say they're in the rebuilding, and they are rebuilding, but that rebuilding will take a lot longer because they picked up Trey Young instead of getting someone like Luka or getting a Mikael Bridges or something like that. You know, I feel there was a lot more better picks at three. But you pick Trey Young, and hopefully, you know, I don't think, I don't think he's gonna be. I think his ceiling is a lot higher than people think, as in Trey Young. But I don't think he will be able. I don't think, unless he just blooms, or unless he really works on his game, I don't think he's gonna be much better than what we've seen in the in the pre, uh, preseason and what we've seen in what we've seen in summer league you know he's still going to take wild shots he's going to make some of them some nights he's going to make he's going to miss a lot of them some nights but i, I don't see him changing because the way that we saw in the summer league is exactly how we played in college so you get a put now of course he's still young and i'm not saying that he's trash and i'm not saying he can't change i'm just saying that lena will need him to change his game he's he's not that much of a passer he can he can be uh passing he, he can be a better passer not saying he can't pass, but he can be a better passer. He definitely needs to be a better defender. He can be he can be a better floor general. Um, there's a lot of things he can be better at. And Atlanta's really banking on him to succeed. And even with even even if he succeeds, they still have a lot, like I said, Targ Prince is good, but is he really a a solid player in the league? John Collins is is an undersized big, but he's he's he has athleticism, he's bouncy. Vince Carter is the veteran on the team. So they have pieces, but they still are very far away from being great at all. And and that's just that's just real. So number 30, I'm giving it to Atlanta, the worst team in the league. Uh and quickly you know, quickly in front of well slightly in front of Atlanta is the Sacramento Kings at 29. You know, before the se- before the season and well, the season started, but before draft, I was think I was wondering why so many people were not picking Marvin Bagley the third first overall. I was I was getting in the hype of, you know, Marvin Bagley skipped his senior year to go straight to college. Marvin Bagley was um destroying people and destroying grown men in the summer league not summer league the the drew league and i'm like marvin bagley is ready now 
But then I have to admit, I sort of got a a little hoop mixtape happy. I didn't really look at I didn't really look at uh I didn't really see with my eyes. I didn't I saw it with my fanboy eyes, didn't see it with my actual analyst eyes. Marvin Bagley is a good player, but Marvin Bagley has a lot of deficiencies. Marvin Bagley really can't shoot that well. He's skinny as hell. He don't play defense like that. He doesn't really pass good. If it's not a dunk, he's not really doing much. So I understand why he went, why he didn't go number one. Now, with all that being said, do I think that he should have went second? He could have went second, but I don't think he went to the right team, man. And that's why I have Sacramento King as a 29th team in the league. They don't really have anybody that's a that's a bona fide specialist. Yes, they have De'Aaron Fox, who is a very quick point guard and a lanky point guard. They have Buddy Hill, who shoots, but that's all he does. You have uh, Bondanovich, who is a very young, very young player, and he's very talented, but we really don't know who he is. And they have you know Willie Carly Stein, and they have Harry Giles, who is looking to play his first healthy season since high school so they just they have a they have a a litany of bigs they have a litany of non-specialist like they don't have a specialist they don't have a player that okay we know that you're gonna do this we know you're gonna do that they just have a collection of young talent in and well while they have zach randolph as their veteran leadership I don't see them winning much game, many games. And Marvin Bagley has a lot of ma- maturing to do as far as basketball world. Not saying personality maturing. I don't know him like that. I'm just saying his body needs to mature into an uh, NBA player. His offensive game needs to mature into an NBA player. His, his defense definitely needs to mature into an NBA player. So Marvin Bagley, while he's good, I don't see him being that cornerstone player right now and yes you have De'Aaron Fox but the team that they have isn't to me isn't winning too many games especially this year with a lot of change in the west and some of the and most of those teams we will get to but I just don't I don't know it's 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 hard it's hard for me to see Atlanta it's hard for me to see and at Sacramento, winning more than 25 games. If they win more than 25 games, both teams, the season has been a success. And that I know it's sad to say, but that's where we are. If they win more than 25 games, both of them, both, again, Atlanta and uh, Sacramento, is it's a successful season for them. Now, do I think they will win 25 games? No. More around the 20... 23 game realm because of course you're going to get some teams off nights you're going to shoot lights out one night one team is probably going to rest their stars someone's going to get injured something like that you know you know how the season goes but yeah I, I don't I just don't see Sacramento making that leap and I think that personally and you know physically Marvin Marvin Bagley the third has to make a leap in order to be the leader of that team but as of right now, uh, it, it's, it's hard for me to see it, man. It's hard for me to really picture Sacramento making that leap, making 
not even making the leap into a good team, but making the leap as far as I don't think Marvin Bagley really moves the needle as in making them as good as they were last year. And they weren't good last year. So I don't think them having Marvin Bagley really changes anything, honestly. So for number 28, uh, 28th team, I have the Phoenix Suns. Now, Phoenix Suns made some moves this summer. You know, they they took Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson from the Rockets. They traded away Marquise Chris, Brandon uh, Brandon Knight to the Rockets, and uh, they picked up the number one draft pick in the in the league at with DeAndre Ayton. But all of that said. <laughs> they don't have much. DeAndre, look, this is not while DeAndre Aiden's good, this is not the league where a center can really dominate and lead a franchise anymore. I think those days really went away with Dwight Howard and Orlando Magic. Like I said, this is the new era where you want a stretch center. You want a stretch five, a five that not only can shoot the three, but can guard some defend uh, some perimeter players like like a Draymond Green or, to a, a less a better term, someone like Anthony Davis, someone that can stretch the floor. And I don't see DeAndre Ayton now. While he can shoot the three a little bit, I don't see him really really scaring teams with his shot or his offense. Yes, he's he's a physical specimen, but again, this is not the, the leagues will shoot Phoenix to death from the three-point line. Uh, good teams. Devin Booker is still a really good uh scorer. However, he's coming into the season injured with a hand injury, so we don't know how that's going to affect him. Trevor Rees is going to really help cuz Phoenix last year, I think was uh, statistically one of the worst teams on the defensive side of the ball. While Trevor Reese is going to help with that, how long Phoenix has already come out and said that they're rebuilding. And they're trying to, I guess, do the slow ground like Philly used to do, or Philly did with Sam Hinkie. How, how long do you think you can have players like Jared Dudley, well, he's not even on the team anymore. You can have Ryan Anderson, who couldn't even get time or minutes in Houston, and he's a shooter. Or Trevor Ariza, who, while he's a great defender, he's getting older. So how long do you think they will last when management has already come out and said they're trying to rebuild? So I don't really see Trevor Ariza staying past the trade deadline or even staying or if he does stay past trade deadline, I don't see, I think he's going to be, you know, in the buyout market. But yeah, the Phoenix Suns it, it doesn't help that they're in the West. And while I think it's a little exaggerated when they say that the West the West is leaps and bounds better than the East, I think, you know, the West is top heavy, like the East is top heavy, but it's it's it's, it's tough, especially the uh the division that the division that the Suns are in, it, I just don't, I don't see them good. They're not good <laughs> as a team. The Suns are not good, and that's that's just facts. They have a lot of guards like they usually do. They have a lot of uh, players that 
do one thing. Devin Booker only plays offense. He's even come out and said he doesn't waste his uh, energy and time on defense. So, you know, uh, Phoenix is Phoenix. Is Phoenix. It's, it's Phoenix is a bit a long time since Phoenix has been good. It's been a long time since we've seen Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash Phoenix Suns. It, it's been a while, man, and it, they're not good. They're not good. So that's why I put them at 28. They're not good. At 27, I have the Brooklyn Nets. They made a lot of moves this year, this this summer. They're getting Kenneth Farid and Ed Davis. Those are sneaky good picks. However, who are you know that the, the Brooklyn Nets are going to play tough. And they're actually – that was one of the teams on Jimmy Butler's trade request sheet, I guess. So they could be in the in the running to get Jimmy Butler. But right now, as they're currently constructed, they don't really have much. Again, they have D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a secretly good player, and Jared Allen, who's a young big, but he's not really good offensively. He's a good defensive player, but – that's that's pretty much all he is. Ed Davis is a is a, I guess I don't know I don't really know how you categorize Ed Davis. He's not the greatest offensive player. He's not the greatest defender. He's just a he's a glue guy, you know. That's why uh, when when he left Portland, Damian Lillard was so so mad about him leaving because. He, they were they were like one of the, they were really close friends. He's a glue he was a glue guy for Portland, and I, and he's going to be a glue guy for Brooklyn. So and Kenneth Reed, I mean we've been waiting forever for Kenneth Reed to get either traded or released from Denver. He just didn't fit in Denver, and hopefully he fits in Brooklyn. But him being in Brooklyn doesn't really move the needle for me, and and doesn't really move the needle in the NBA at all. So. I don't know. It it it's a tough one. I don't I don't see I don't see Brooklyn, and in the West. I mean, not the West. The East is a little is a little weaker. This you know on the bottom teams they're they're a little weaker, but I don't see it, man. I I don't see it. Brooklyn Brooklyn's always been well, not always since the Kevin Garnett and Darren Williams debacle. They haven't been anything, and you trotting out a team with. Kenneth Free, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and Ed Davis doesn't really, you know, you got Karis LeVert. That doesn't that doesn't move the needle for me. That moves the needle until you get to the twenty seventh spot, and that's where I put them. So twenty six, you have the Chicago Bulls. Wardell Carter Jr. That's a big one. He he was a, he can be a sneaky great play, good player. Uh, he's a defensive monster right now. He, along with that, his offense is creeping up a little better. I think him playing for Duke, and not saying that Duke's a bad program or anything, I'm saying that him playing for Duke really maxed, masked some of his great offensive t- offensive talents. Because you play alongside... Gary Trent Jr., you play alongside Marvin Bagley. You got uh, Marquise Bowen coming off the bench. You have so many great 
good players. I mean, Grayson Allen. You have so many good players that it really masks what you can do. So, I I think that he is he's a he's a he's a sneaky good player, and I think he could be in the running for rookie of the year. They also have Chris Dunn, who is a really solid uh, point guard, especially defensively. His offense definitely needs to get better. Uh, he didn't really make that leap. I thought he was going to make last year, so his offense needs to get a little better. You have a healthy Zach Levine coming back, and we all know Zach Levine is a high flyer. However, Zach Levine doesn't play defense. Uh, Zach Levine isn't the best offensive player, but he is offensive-minded, as in he'll give you – you know, one I, I believe his career high is like forty something, like forty eight or forty nine or something like that. But you know, Zach Levine will give you the highlights. He'll he he'll give you the the great the great um spectacular dunks or anything. But as a leader of the team, we've already seen that. I don't know if he's really ready for that role, and we've seen that with Chicago hasn't really been good since Jimmy Butler left and Rondo. So, I don't know. Uh, Larry Marketing, who to me is one of the most underrated players in the league, of course, because he plays for a trash team like the Bulls. But Larry Marketing, he's a, he was a really good player. He made the um, all rookie first team last year. Now, when I say underrated, let me not say that. I don't, I don't mean underrated. I mean underappreciated. Maybe because we didn't really get to see much of Chicago on the national stage. A lot of people don't really talk about him. But he is at currently a poor man's Christoph Porzingis. They're both really lanky. They're both good offensively. They both could be a little better defensively. But Laurie Marketing is a great player. And this, what is it? The the ceiling is the roof for him. Larry Marketing, he's don't be surprised if in a few years he is the face of Chicago. Bulls team. Not saying the franchise. I'm saying the team. He, cause he's that good. He, Lauren Markin is that good, and he's he's getting better. And then we get to Jabari Parker. So as many people know, Jabari Parker has unfortunately dealt with a lot of injury bugs for the past few years, but he is a solid player. He. He. Well, again, he's not – I guess it's a theme with these bottom teams. He's not the best off defensive player, and he's not even the best offensive player, but he is a high-energy player. He will give you high-energy buckets. He'll he'll give you um, – he'll dunk on a couple people. He's a solid player. He's he's tall, I think 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, but here's the problem with him going to the Bulls. More than likely, they'll need to play him at the small forward position or power forward position. The problem with that is, if you play him at the small forward, it's already documented that he plays best at the power forward position. Milwaukee tried to put him at the small forward position, and he struggled. He struggled guarding people. Well, everybody struggles guarding players like LeBron and KD, but he, he struggled guarding any small forward because they were a little too fast for him. He really flourished at the power forward position or the forward position because he was faster than most power forwards. 
The problem with that is him being on the Bulls, that's the position that Wardell Carter or Laurie Marketing would play. While you don't mind Laurie Marketing, well, while Laurie Marketing can play the five position, Wendell Carter cannot play the small four position. And you want him to get as much minutes as possible because he needs to develop. And I feel Wendell Carter can develop fast because he already has the attributes of, of a solid player and he just needs a little, he just needs playing time. So he would need to play the small forward position. And that's going to be tough because, like I said, he struggles mightily playing the small forward position. In fact, even if you look at the landscape, I'm not just saying the, the league. Let's look at some of the small fours in the in the East. You have Giannis that he's going to have to guard. Now you have Kawhi Leonard that he's going to have to guard. You have uh, pick pick your poison from Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Gordon Hayward you're going to have to guard. You're going to have, uh, on a lesser scale, you have Otto Porter. So you have players and you have small forwards that he's going to struggle with. And the biggest problem is they committed so much to him that it's going to be hard to move his contract if he doesn't work. Not only does he have a, a injury history, it's already been, we've already seen that he, we know where he's best at and the position that he's best at and the teams that the teams that I guess could could want him aren't the best. As in, if he's best at small forward, teams like he's not gonna be good at, on Washington. He's not gonna be good uh he's not gonna be good in any of the top western teams because they're more of a shooting team, you know, shooting First teams in their small forwards, like a or power forwards, like a like a Draymond Green, is very you know diverse and they do different things. So Jabari Parker, this is a make or break year for him. I think that he needs to be good. If not, then the future for him is going to be real sketchy because once his contract is up. Who's going to really want to re-sign him? And even if he – and he might not even stay through, through the whole contract. So if he doesn't stay through the whole contract, what team is really going to want to trade for him that's good? Because it's kind of like uh, when, when DeMarcus Cousins, who went to uh, Golden State, said he's already rehabbing a career-ending injury. So why would you go to a rebuilding team? And that's the same thing for Jabari Parker. He's already, you know, rehabbing an injury. And the Bulls are vested a lot in him. So if that doesn't work, who's going to want him? So there's a lot riding on the Bulls season, man. From him, hell, even Zach Levine. Because people starting to think, was it the right? Because he was a free agent this year. And the Bulls matched uh, uh, a huge contract that... They matched the contract that the the Kings were trying to give him. So they committed him long-term, too. And Zach Levine's contract almost untradeable. So there's a lot going on right now with the Bulls. And this is a real, a real uh, defining season for them. With that being said, I don't know just how good they'll be because 
they don't really they they don't have players that that really move the needle. And they have a lot of uh young players. Like I said, Laurie Marketing is great, but he's a young player. Or they have one dimensional players like a Zach Levine or a Chris Dunn. So Again, a lot is riding on Jabari Parker, and I don't know just how much he can really hold on his shoulders, seeing as though we've seen him. We've never really seen him by himself. He's always played alongside a, a, a Giannis. So this is the first time we'll really see what he's made of, and I don't know if that's much. So that's Chicago at 26. At 25, you have the Orlando Magic. Outside of Mo Bamba, who to me is more – He's more of a project because he's a great – he's a really good – he's a great defender. He, I think he recorded the longest wingspan in NBA history. I think he's like 7'3 wingspan. But I say he's a project because we don't know exactly what he could be. Yes, we know he could be a really good player, but we don't know. He could be really good or really bad. And we saw that with Texas. There was real, there was games where he looked like he could be a number one draft pick. And then there was games where he disappeared. A 7'3 or 7-foot monster disappearing. That is not good, especially in college. So we really need to see who Mo Bamba is. Um, I think he'll be a good player. But do I think, again, it goes back to centers and how the league is. I don't know if he'll be a transcendent player. Uh, you got Eric Gordon. Uh, we we pretty much know what Eric Gordon is. He is a high energy, flashy player. Uh, he's he's over the years he's developed into a a pretty reliable jump shot. But I don't know just how much that jump shot or his offensive game can really lead a team. Jonathan Isaac, who is pretty much the poor man's Mo Bamba, they have a lot of they have a lot of big men. Uh, kind of like. How Phoenix has a lot of guards. Orlando always has a lot of big men. And because they still have Vucevic. So that I don't I don't see them doing as good as as many people think. Because again, they don't I think they can win twenty five to thirty games, but no. Nah, because Aaron Gordon is still a pretty solid player. I'm not gonna I can't I can't take that from Aaron Gordon, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But as of right now, I got them at 25th. 24th, I got the Memphis Grizzlies. They made moves. You know, they got I think the number three or four pick in the number four pick in the draft at at Jaron Jackson. He he looked he looked really good in summer league. He looked really good in summer league. But you know, play, we need to see how he is playing alongside Mark Gasol. That, that that could be a good four or five duo. Mike Conley coming back from yet another injury, but Mike Conley to me is still an underrated player until further notice. He's a, he's a solid point guard that could lead a team to some wins. <laughs> I didn't want to put a number because I don't know. Mike Conley gets injured a lot, but when he is on the floor, he is very productive. He's a solid. He's he's like a. He is the definition of a system player. Like he's a he's he's like Alex Smith. Doesn't really give you much interceptions. Doesn't really throw bombs that much. He, he's a solid player. Mike Conley's not going to drop fifty on your head. He's not going to give you 
15, 16, 17 assists. He's not going to give you four, four or five steals. He's going to give you a good 20 to 23 points. No. He's going to give you a good 18 to 20 points. He's going to give you a solid six, maybe seven assists. He's going to give you a solid one or two, one, maybe one and a half steals. He's just an all-around player. But not like a, oh, my God. Like, you know what? You know how, it, you know, if you ever get the text like, oh, snap. Dam- Steph Curry's going off or Damian Lillard's going off or John Wall has a 2020 game or something like that. You you expect that like, oh, okay, I, you know, John Wall give you 30 and 20 assists. Uh, Damian Lillard go off 59 points. Steph Curry can hit a 13 threes in one game. Mike Conley doesn't do that, but Mike Conley will put you in a position to win. So, you know, that's that's pretty solid. They have Kyle Anderson who they got from uh, the Spurs. Slow-mo, they call him. I think he's a good player, and he'll help them gel a little bit better because last year, as you saw, they they won their riddle with injury. And two, they didn't really have that that player that could – it's it's really hard to explain Kyle Anderson, man. Like, on paper, his game looks trash, and it doesn't look like – he really contributes much, but he does a lot. He did a lot for the Spurs, at least. He was, he he. There was there was times when he had to go up against uh, KD, and while he can't guard KD to save his life, he was giving KD some buckets. He was giving KD some buckets. So Kyle Anderson ain't about to give you know. I don't think he's ever scored thirty points, but you know Kyle Anderson is a solid player as well as Dylan Brooks. So. Memphis has some players, but they don't have they they don't have anything to to me to move the needle. Memphis is one of those teams that you know how people say, oh, they can either be really bad or really good. No, Memphis is to me just right in the middle. Just they can really be okay or okay. <laughs> cause ain't you can't get as worse as you were last year, and that's because you were dealing with a lot of injury. So at their best, they're okay. No, they're okay. At twenty three, I guess this is this is the first shocker. I don't know. At twenty three, you have the Detroit Pistons. Outside of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, I don't see any really solid cornerstone players. You have Stanley Johnson, who is okay, but he still needs to prove himself, and he still needs to improve in a lot of areas. Luke Kennard is a one dimensional player, so. Outside, Reggie Jackson still can't pass the ball to save his life. Not saying he can't pass the ball. He doesn't pass the ball to save his life. So outside of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, I, I don't know. And and how the league's going today, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond aren't moving the needle anymore. So it's like a it's like a team, a team that's stuck in. I think that team will be a really good team if it was 2006 or 2004. You know, those really gritty teams. And this is 2018. That's not good no more. Detroit Pistons don't have it. Blake Griffin used to be one of the marquee players, not anymore. Andre Drummond still needs to find an offensive game. 
Reggie Jackson still needs to learn how to pass to his teammates. Stanley Johnson needs to, needs needs to uh, develop some more. Luke Kennard needs to learn how to play defense. So, yeah, they don't really have much. <laughs> they don't they don't really have much at all. Uh, they don't. Detroit, I mean, I guess the the best thing going for them is they could arguably have one of the top front courts in the in the east you know Blake Andre and I guess you can put I guess you can put Stanley Johnson there but at the at the three but other than that they don't really have much at all uh, so that's 23 at 22 you have Dallas Mavericks I right now my pick for rookie of the year is Luka Doncic you saw even you saw in the preseason he looked really good. He looked really poised. That that could be because he was playing against grown men overseas. You know when he played for Real Madrid since he was what sixteen. So he he's a champion or uh, you know Euroleague champion, Euroleague MVP. So I he's the he's the most successful or I'm not successful. He's the most accomplished rookie coming into this year, and you really saw that in the preseason. Where he looked poised. He looked like, oh, he's been doing this for a while. And I think that's going to carry on throughout the whole season. You, you know, Luca, you have Dirk pretty much on his last leg. But Dirk can still shoot. He's not doing any, <laughs> he's not playing any defense or anything. He never really played defense. But like I said, Dirk, Dirk is, right now Dirk has turned into the, you know, stand on the corner, catch and shoot, old veteran leader. And while, you know, Dirk is still a first battle Hall of Famer, Dirk is still, in my opinion, the greatest EuroLeague, I mean, overseas player of all time. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's over for him, man. Dirk is not moving the meter at all anymore. I'm going to go as far as to say Dirk will not have a 25-point game this year. I will, I will, hey, if I'm wrong, I will be the first to admit it. But right now, nah. Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith Jr., Dennis Smith, uh, that man can got bounce ability, man. That look, have you? I'm, like, so I know I said I, I. One of my things is, or one of my life lessons is, never trust a hoop mixtape unless it's five minutes of straight dunking, because that shows you that might all they can do. But I say that to say, did y'all see Dennis Smith's, I guess, hoop workout mixtape this this summer? Wait, this man's head was over the rim in most of his dunks. And we already saw last year that he's an exciting player, and he could be a cornerstone player. He just needs a little bit more growing, a little bit more developing, especially when it comes to his leadership and his his shot selection and his his defense. But Dallas in the right direction with him and Luca, and don't forget Harrison Barnes on that team. So they're in the right direction now. As of right now, they might not be. You know, I don't have them breaking the top twenty in the league as far as teams go, especially in the in the West. But they have they have some pieces, man. They have some pieces. Uh, the, <laughs> Dallas Dallas is going to be good for a while. Like I said, this might be this or the next season might be Dirk's last season. Harrison Barnes is still Harrison Barnes. Uh, 
He's a, he's okay player. He's a champion, so and Luca and Dennis are going to be good. So they they have they have some pieces. Now they need to get that front front uh front office crap together with Mark Cuban and uh, I'm not really going to go into that because it's it's a touchy subject for all the people involved and you know, it's it's not really in my place to talk about it. Just know that they need to get some front office stuff together for real. So at, at number 21, I have the New York Knicks. I have the New York Knicks over a couple teams for one reason. Kevin Knox. Now, no, I'm not saying Kevin Knox is the best player they have. That's definitely Porzingis by Country Mile. But they have Kevin Knox, and Kevin Knox looks so good during the summer league. He looks, and he's looked really good in the preseason. They have Mitch, what Mitch Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, who is a is a very he was a very sleek, sneaky pick in this year's draft, and could be could go down as one of the best players in this year's draft. Mark my words, you heard it here first. You have Ernest Cantor or Enos Cantor, who's really good uh, on offense. He's terrible defensively, but you know that man. That man came out and said, "Uh, I knew, I knew it was a problem when <laughs> I, I t- you, you, <laughs> my man Ernest Cantor and Enos Cantor said that thinking about the playoffs makes his nipples hard." Um, like the words of the great Jalen Rose said, that's a failed test. I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, Frank Nilakina and, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., another season, uh, another year to develop. So the Knicks have, have some pieces. And don't be surprised if by the end of the year they get – they either – they either pull off a big trade – to get a, a superstar or a French or a marquee player, or they put themselves in prime position during the off season and free eight, you know, off season and free agency to don one or two superstar players. Mark my words, the Knicks. Right now they're at twenty one, but don't not be do not be surprised if come next season they have two superstars. Don't be surprised. At twenty. You have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, no LeBron James. You remember, We remember what happened last time LeBron left. They went from... Uh, <laughs> they went from... Eastern Conference Finals to 19 games. Now, of course, this team is a little better. You have Kevin Love, who can get back to his Kevin Love ways. Hopefully, we see the... I don't know if we'll see the Minnesota Timberwolves fat Kevin Love again. That was getting, you know, dropping 50 and 50 and 20 point, you know, 50 point games with 20 rebounds or, you know, the the triple-double Kevin Love. I I don't know if we're going to get that. But this is the first time since Minnesota he is the number one option. So I think that'll be a little better. uh, Colin Sexton, he's a really exciting point guard, uh, rookie point guard. I think he's going to be really good. I really do think he's going to be good. I don't know. You know, he definitely needs to get better offensively, but he he is a solid defender, and 
I'm not gonna say definitely because he he's he's a sneaky offensive player. He just you know he, there's there's some improvements that need to be uh need to be had by his game, but he's a rookie, so that's that's expected. And yeah, other than that, what you got? J.R. Smith, uh, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, you know. Rodney Hood, yeah, no, that's that's not a good team. It's not a good team at all. Uh, but that is that's twenty. Um, so let me just recap a little bit. At thirty, we got Atlanta Hawks. Twenty nine, we have Sacramento Kings. We have the Phoenix Suns at twenty eight. Twenty seven, we have Brooklyn Nets. Chicago at twenty six. Orlando at twenty five. Memphis Grizzlies at 24, the Pistons at 23, Dallas at 22, the New York Knicks at 21, and Cavaliers at 20. Uh, again, we're going to take about a 10-second break. You have been – oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not about to do that. <laughs> we're going to wait to get to, like, 15. But you are listening to the Unpopular Podcast where I give – where, you know, I give my unpopular opinion about sports – uh, we just went to the top 20. We're going to go about five more, and then we're going to take a little break, and we're going to finish it out. Again, this is one take Drake, guys. <laughs> so if I mess up, hey, I mess up. It is what it is. So uh, at 19, we're going to keep going. At 19, we have the Charlotte Hornets. No, outside of Kimball Walker, you have Miles Bridges, you have uh, Malik Monk, Tony Parker's on the team now. Who lo- That looks really ugly. <laughs> Tony Parker looks ugly in a uh, in a Hornets jersey, man. Like he does. Maybe you know, not maybe. Probably because I've been so used to him in a in a Spurs uniform his whole life. But he looks ugly in a, in a Charlotte. But other than that, they don't they don't really have anybody. This probably Kimba's last year with the team. They've been trying to trade him for a minute, or he's been on the trade block for a minute, but. You know, after this year, he's a free agent, so I know he's going to hoop, but I don't know about, I mean, Miles Bridges, we can see how that goes. Dwayne Bacon, he's a project. Malik Monk, uh, you know, we need to see how he does, but that team has a lot of, you know, a lot of guards. You know, they have Frank Kaminsky, but he's not moving any needles, so Charlotte doesn't have that much. They have, you know, it's 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 a running gag, but it's, they're dead serious. LeBron, I mean, Michael Jordan might be the greatest player of all time, but he might be the worst owner of all time as well. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. At 18, you have the L.A. Clippers. They have Shea Gildress, Gil, Gildress Alexander, who's a really, really, really good player. They, they, you know, a lot of people are really high on him on the dra- in the draft. So, I think he's going to be a solid player. You still have... Uh, Lou Williams, who's a bucket getter, Tobias Harris. They don't be surprised if they uh, land Jimmy Butler or somebody else this you know this year around the trade deadline. While Clippers, Clippers have a bright future, I think if they if they land somebody big because they have room to get a couple free a couple superstar free agents or max players next year, but. You know they they still they have Avery Bradley they have players but I don't know if they have the team. Uh, you know losing losing DeAndre Jordan, 
Blake Griffin in a couple, you know, couple seasons back or last season losing Chris Paul. They don't know. They're still they're still in the rebuilding. They're in a, they're in a rebuilding process, but they're not trying to tank. If you know what I mean, Steve Ballmer or yeah, Ballmer is not trying to tank. He's trying to get solid players in. You know, with some of the contract restructures he did, along with some uh, trades, they had again they, they they put themselves in a position to get a one or two superstars. And Jimmy Butler has already come out and said those are one of his teams he wants to go to. Kawhi Leonard said he doesn't mind going to or Twilers Camp have said he doesn't mind going to the Clippers. So you know, as of right now, they're at eighteen, but kind of like. Brooklyn, don't be surprised, or and New York, don't be surprised next year if they're a lot higher due to some assets that they acquired. 17, you have Miami Heat. I say that because this is D-Wage farewell tour. So it's kind of like the Lakers when Kobe had his farewell tour while, you know, Kobe was... The farewell tour. The team still was trash. The team was still losing game after game after game. I don't remember how much they won that year, but I know it wasn't close to 30 games. So, while Miami has good players, they're in a bad position right now. They tried... They were in trade talks with Minnesota to get Jimmy Butler. They they pulled out. Uh, the Timberwolves pulled out at the last minute. Pat Riley went on record with a, a heavy, ex, expir, uh, uh, cursed-laced response to that. They're still trying to get off Hassan Whiteside's contract. You have Tyler Johnson. You have uh, Tyler. Was it Tyler Jones? No. Yeah. You have James Johnson. You have Deion Waiters coming back from an injury, and he looks fat. You saw that in his uh, team picture. There's just a. Of course, D Wade leaving. Um, you have Bam at a bio, but he can't really create a shot for himself. He's one. Of, he's like a old fashioned Dwight, as in. You throw me a lob, I'm going to catch it. So, they're just outside of D-Way's farewell. D-Way's farewell tour is going to mask a lot of problems. Just like nobody really remembers. Everybody remembers the Kobe farewell tour, but nobody remembers just how bad the Lakers were that year. And I think while, you know, you still have Eric Spolstra, who's still one of the best coaches in the league, and Pat Riley, who's still one of the best uh front office with GMs in the league it's uh, the Miami Heat are going to be okay but they're not going to be great and I think that this year is going to be you know really I guess if they don't get Jimmy Butler this is going to be a forgetful year as far as record wise but it's going to be a year to remember me because like Kobe this is D-Way's farewell tour and because of that, that's why I'm putting them at 17. And speaking of Jimmy Butler, at 16, I have Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the player they have players that should warrant a higher record, 
You know, they have Carl Anthony Towns. They have Andrew Wiggins. Currently, they have Jimmy Butler. And reports the other day came out and saying that Jimmy Butler <laughs> reported to the team. I think it was last week. Jimmy Butler reported to the team for practice, but had a highly intense confrontation with players and coaches and everybody in the he he wants to leave he does not want to be in minnesota so that's this team just has a lot of problems man again you have taj gibson now you have luau dang you have Derek rose jeff teague you, this team has a lot of problems and your best player you know it's bad when minutes minutes after jimmy butler demanded a trade and management has already said, okay, we're going to get him out of here. Minutes after that, Carl Anthony Towns, who was waiting and holding out on signing his Supermax, signs it within minutes of Jimmy Butler saying he wants to leave. And now Jimmy Butler still on the team, playing alongside Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, who they've already had public and – you know, public spats with each other, Andrew Wiggins and uh, Jimmy Butler. So this team is just messy, man. They probably could make the playoffs, but more than likely this is Tibbs last year. Jimmy Butler definitely is not going to be here by trade deadline. It's just a lot. And I that that team is too combustible for me, too combustible. And that's why I have them at 16. It's too comb- They have good players, but – there's too much going on with them, man. Too much. So, uh, again, let me recap because actually I'm going to go on a break this time. You got Atlanta Hawks at 30. You got the Kings 29, Suns 28, Nets 27, Bulls 26, Magic 25, Grizzlies 24, Pistons 23, Mavericks 22, Knicks 21, Cavaliers 20, Hornets 19, the Clippers 18, the Heat 17, and Timberwolves 16. So we're going to go about a 10 second, 10 second. We're going to go on a break. Uh, again, you're listening to Unpopular Podcast, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. If you have a question about anything, you can DM me on Twitter or on Instagram, Facebook. If you have my email, you can email me. If you have my phone number, you can hit me up. Again, this is uh, the Unpopular Podcast where I get my unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, this is Jalen Hunter, and when we come back, we're gonna go, we're gonna go from 15 to number one. This is the NBA special where I rank every team from 30 to one. So stay tuned. Welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to the Unpopular Podcast. This is your boy Jalen, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. If you've been tuning in, this is the NBA special. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, We just went through teams 1 through 16. I'm not about to go over it again. Uh, Just, like I said, it was was only a 10-second break, so if if y'all left or I'm, I'm, I'm getting new viewers in 10 seconds, say... Most props to me. Again, this is the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, so, we're going to go with 15. Yeah, we're at number 15. And number 15 is the New Orleans Pelicans. 
they lost Boogie and they lost Rondo, who are who will be big. You know it. Uh, that the, those departures will be felt. Boogie, while Boogie did get injured, and the team seemingly did get better and gelled a little more when he was gone, he was still a, a dominant force while he was playing alongside Anthony Davis. You know he had a forty, he had a forty-four point uh, twenty rebounds and. Uh, 10 assist game so he had a historic dribble, uh, triple double and he's still one of the one of if not the best center as in boogie in the league so losing him along with a very intelligent and basketball savvy point guard and rondo you know their, their absences are going to be felt but with that being said you know they did they do still have a anthony davis who to me is a top three player in the league you have drew holiday who really came into his own last year in the playoffs when he shut down uh helped shut down the backcourt of you know the the backcourt of damian lillard and cj mccullum and julius randall who has been a really good player for the lakers he's on the team you know he came in free agency so they have some pieces you know uh they still have uh, what's his name? Um, was it Mont Mondanovic? Something like that. I forgot his name. I, it's on the tip of my tongue, but the shooter. They have him. Uh, and and they they have Alfred Payton now. He cut his hair, so hopefully he's a little better. Cause his dye hair was wild, man. Now I know he did it for a good cause with his grandmother and stuff, but I'm glad he cut it. I'm glad he cut. It. So, yeah, uh, a team with AD, you can't go be that far down. AD is, like I said, top three player in the league. And Drew Holiday's still good. Randall's still good. While I believe there's going to be a drop-off, I still think they have the pieces and the players to make the playoffs, I don't know, if they're going to make noise in the playoffs, but I think they, they can still make the playoffs. And, you know, we'll see. But as of right now, I can't really put them up past 15. Uh, so that's the Pelicans at 15. At 14, I have the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I know what you're saying. Wait a second. You just said that Drew Holiday and the, the Pelicans shut down Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and the, Pacers, and the Trailblazers, which is true. But Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are still, to me, top five backcourts in the league. And you still have Nurkic, who is a really solid uh, big man. You have uh, one of the plum, yeah, one of the Plumleys is still on the team. You have Miles Leonard. You know, you have you have some players, and Portland is always a team that, to me over succeeds i always and this this is why i have them at 14 i'm not going to be fooled usually if you look at their roster they they should be from like 25 to to 18 as in with teams and the two like between 25 and 18 we would just look at their roster because they have two great players in cj and dame but they don't play any defense at all and they really just score so 
and and outside of them, they really don't have anybody except for Nurkic. So that, but but Portland always finds a way to overachieve. Overachieve. Remember when they uh they shouldn't have beat the Rockets and they beat them in the playoffs. They were a top three team for a while. In uh, in fact, they were a top three team in the West going into the playoffs last year. So. I don't know how Portland does it, but Portland always seems to overachieve in situations like this. And that's why I have them at 14. Yes, CJ and Dame are, you know, still one of the top backcourts in the league. But outside of them, they don't really have much. But I'm not going to fall for it again. That's why I'm going to put them. I'm going to put them at 14. I can't put them much higher. I can't put them much higher, but I'm definitely not going to put them lower. That's just me. So at 14, I have the pay, uh, Trailblazers. 13, I have the Washington Wizards. Now, I'm a Wizards fan. I'll say it. I'm from, you know, born and raised in the DMV. I'm a Wizards fan, but it's hard for me. No. It's easy for me to see what's what's there. This team, this team can either go one or two ways. This team can be really good in the East and still get smacked by the West or the top teams in the West. Or this team can be so combustible that they struggle. When you have a team with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Austin Rivers now, and Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard has never really, never really, um, outside of Orlando, he's never fit. And Orlando ended terribly. So, Dwight Howard was always talking, and, and you know, disclaimer, Dwight Howard used to be my favorite player. When he was with Orlando, when I was younger, Dwight Howard used to be my favorite player. And then I, you know, I, I noticed the Dwight Howard. While Dwight Howard is still a productive player, and he, if you go look at uh, my old podcast episodes, he is still one of the top, um, not top, whoa. he's still a, a first team Hall of Famer or first battle Hall of Famer. I don't, this team, it's, it's hard to, like, it's it's so easy to say that this team is will fail and, and combust because, again, you had personnel like John Wall, Dwight Howard, and John Wall couldn't even get uh, get along with Marcin Gortat. So, you know, Otto Porter is still there, and he still can give you a solid 14 to 18 points. Uh, Bradley Bill is looked is expected to make a leap into really, really elite status. While he did make the All-Star team last year, and he is one of the best small uh, shooting guards in the league, he can really transform into one of the best guards in the league. So, you know, this team has talent, or the team has talent, but it also has all the makings of a... Of a of a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous <sighs> chemical imbalance with with some of the attitudes and the in the in the um you know personalities in the locker room and even even if everything goes well, I don't see them. Okay, so at best, I see them pushing somebody in the second round and maybe can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. At worst, eighth seed. 
and that's 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 sad when you have one of the top five backcourts in the league with John Wall and Bradley Bill. Especially in the East where the lower teams have gotten weaker. So you can feast on the lower teams. And you can feast on the lower teams in the West too. But I, I don't know. It, it, this team can be really good or really bad. And that's the Washington Wizards. And that's why I put them at 13. Uh, Milwaukee, you have at 12. I have Milwaukee Bucks because you have Giannis. And that's it. I mean, you have Malcolm Brogdon. You have Chris Middleton, who's a really good player. But Giannis is the only one that can really make a big, big difference. While I think Chris Middleton is one of the most underrated players in the league, he's he's not really moving the needle for me uh, when it comes to trans, you know, transformative players. Not like Giannis. Definitely not like Giannis. Giannis is a top ten player in the league, if you ask me. But I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year because last year their coaching staff, their coaching was horrible. So they're gonna they got that rectified, I hope. And I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. But like last year, and you look at the roster, it's Giannis or bust. Giannis or bust, unfortunately. Uh, at number eleven, you have Indiana Pacers, who had a sneaky. Who had one of the best off seasons this this season or this this summer? Very sneaky. Uh, signing Tyreek Evans was a big move. Tyreek Evans is still a really good Swiss Army knife player in the league. He can still give you minutes at the three. He can still give you minutes at the four. He can still give you you know twenty three to twenty six points if you need it. He can still uh, guard and try to try to stop the best prim. Uh, perimeter player along with you know the best small forward outside of a few excuse me outside of a few victor the depot is still a really good player miles turner is still a really good player they improved daddy is young still on the team they improved mightily especially getting tyreek evans and that is that is a big one tyreek evans was was huge when they got him so do not you know don't be surprised uh if they really shock some people and, you know, that's why I have Indiana Pacers at 11. They have, they they had a sneaky great, uh, sneaky great um, offseason. So at number 10, I have the uh, San Antonio Spurs. It really, it really hurt uh, last week when it hurt their, you know, it hurt their place on this ranking last week when their starting point guard, DeJounte Murray, uh, towards ACL, so he's probably out for the season, if not three fourths of the season. Uh, their rookie Lonnie Walker the fourth, he's coming in with uh, with an injury. I, I don't think he's playing the first uh, part of the season. And of course, you still Tony Parker's not there anymore. Manu Ginobili, this is uh, he's not there anymore. And losing, you know, Kawhi, but you did get one of the best. If not the best shooting, well, no, one of the best shooting guards in the league at DeMar DeRozan. So, DeMar DeRozan, along with Coach Popovich, you still have LaMarcus Aldridge, and uh, I can't really. It's it's hard to go against the Spurs because they've been good in a model of consistency for so long. However, and you still have Pau Gasol, who's old as hell. I just realize he's still playing, but that's neither here nor there. This 
it's hard for me. I can't really go against uh, Pop. I can't go against Pop and the Spurs. They didn't make. They only played. They only played uh, nine games with Kawhi Leonard last year. And they made the playoffs. So nine games with Kawhi Leonard, or hopefully 80, 80, uh, 80 plus or seventy plus games with Demar Derozan, because knowing Pop and the Spurs, he's not going to play. You know, they're going to sit him out a couple of times. So, you know. The injury to Dejounte Murray really hurt them, especially at the the point, because now Patty Mills is gonna have to play an extended amount of time, as well as uh probably what uh Trice, the guy that used to play for Michigan State, he's gonna have to play an extended amount of time. So, well, we'll, we'll have to see about that one. We'll have to see about that one, but I, I can't go against the Spurs. Uh, at number nine, you have the Denver Nuggets. It was really really good pickup when they got. Now, I don't know how good he's going to be this year because he's still, you know, rehabbing an injury. But they got Michael Porter Jr., who, before he got injured in college, was a projected easily number one draft pick. Or, and so, and he fell, I believe, all the way to 14th. So, you know, they have him. Of course, they have Gary Harrison Murray, who are one of the best backcourts in the league. Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench, he's going to have to prove a lot because this is a contract year for him. Uh, while I don't think he's going to be on the Nuggets uh, next year, he uh, he's going to try to hoop. And, you know, they have uh, no- Jokic, um, who is one of the best big men in the league. So this team has a lot of good pieces. This team has a lot of good pieces. And they were really good last year. They were just young, and they, they couldn't finish games. They were in a lot of games that they just couldn't finish. And I think that it, that is due to, you know, uh, youth. And I think with another year and, and more, uh, and they're able to improve a lot more. So I think I think they're going to be really good. Do I think they're going to be one of the top, top teams? I don't, I don't know. But I think they'll be ninth, the ninth best team in the league. So that's – that, that's number nine, the Denver Nuggets. Number eight, I have the L.A. Lakers. Um, you have LeBron James. You got the big fish, man. You got LeBron James. Everybody everybody goes fishing for the big one. You got the big one. You got LeBron James. And LeBron James is going to help Lonzo's game. He's going to help Brandon Ingram's game. He's going to help Kyle Kuzma's game. Hopefully he's able to do something with Lance Stevenson's game and and JaVel McGee's game. Not saying they're bad players. I'm just saying they're on one year contracts, so they definitely probably won't be there next year. Rajon Rondo, you know, this team on paper outside of LeBron is not a good team. But LeBron James can remedy all that. Uh it I have him nine because outside of LeBron it's a lot of question marks. Wow, Brandon Ingram is he gonna make? The, is he gonna take the leap? Uh, has Lonzo Ball's offense improved? Ha, can Kyle Kuzma get better from a surprise year last year? Uh, what are all the one-year contractors gonna do? As in Lance Stevenson, Javale McGee, Rondo. How is Rondo going to play alongside uh, Lonzo Ball? How are they gonna play Lonzo Ball or Rondo? Or Lance Stevenson or JaVel McGee in crunch time. How are you going to play Brandon Ingram and LeBron James in crunch time when both of them really don't play defense like that? How are you going to play Rondo 
or Alonzo in crunch time while, when while they, they can play defense, they're both not good in office, offensively. So this, the team has a lot of questions, but it has LeBron. And <laughs> you can't go, you know, it's, it's LeBron. It's LeBron. That's why I have him at eight. At seven, you have the Utah Jazz. They have a complete team, man. As not complete, they have a team. Uh, while it's not the most offensively gifted team by far, they are one of, if not the best, defensive team in the league. You know, Donovan Mitchell really surprised a lot of people, finishing second yes, uh, yesterday, <laughs> finishing second last year in Rookie of the Year votes. Rudy Gobert winning uh, office, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Joe Ingles has really emerged as a quality sniper in from three-point line. Jameson, uh, not Jameson Crowder, Jay Crowder has done, been really good when, it, you know, gelling with the team. They have a lot of good, you know, they have a team of defensive monsters. And they have Donovan Mitchell. And they they just picked up Grayson Allen, who looked really good in preseason, along with looked really good in the uh, the summer league. So we'll see how that goes. But I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It's 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 weird. <laughs> and they have they have the team, but they need they need a little bit more offense. But with the team they have, I have them seventh because. While they only have maybe one or two offensive players, they have one of the most suffocating defenses in the league. So at six, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. You still have uh, a top ten player in a top ten player in Russell Westbrook. You still have a top fifteen player in Paul George. You have a solid center in Stephen Adams. And you also have a solid quality backup center in Nerlens Noel. And people forget, before Robertson uh went down, they were they were the best uh they were the best defensive team in the league. So he's coming back. I don't know if they're really gonna miss Melo that much because Melo really didn't have a good season last year. But when you have Russell Westbrook and Paul George, I don't know how far they can get, but that is a dangerous team because Paul George is a is the perfect number two to Russell Westbrook if Russell Westbrook passes the ball. But in Russell Westbrook, like last year, he became the only player to average a triple double in two consecutive seasons. Uh, so. We all know how great he is, and I can't put them too far down, especially especially with Robertson coming back. Uh, they'll, they'll be a great team. So we're down to the top five. Um, I'm gonna do this one more time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recap. At three, at thirty, we have the Atlanta Hawks at twenty nine, Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns at twenty eight, Brooklyn Nets at twenty seven. Chicago Bulls at 26, Orlando Magic at 25, Memphis Grizzlies at 24, Detroit Pistons at 23, Dallas Mavericks at 22, New York Knicks at 21, you have 20, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, Charlotte Hornets at 19, 
18, you have LA Clippers, Miami Heat at 17, Minnesota Timberwolves at 16. At 15, you have uh, the Pelicans. 14, you have Portland Trailblazers. You have the Washington Wizards at 13, Milwaukee Bucks at 12. You have Indiana Pacers at thir- uh, 11, San-, San Diego. San Diego? What in the world? <laughs> San Antonio Spurs at 10, Denver Nuggets at 9, LA Clippers, LA Clippers, LA Lakers at 8, Utah Jazz at 7, Oklahoma City Thunder at 6. So now we are at the top 5. And at 5, I have the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers. You have what many argue could be one of the next top 5 players in the league. And Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, man. Those are cornerstone players. We'll see how Markel Fultz, who pretty much had a lost season last year, we'll see how Markel Fultz does. And you have Sarge is still there. J.J. Reddick's still there. And this is another year of all of them playing. Hopefully everybody stays healthy, especially looking at you, Joel Embiid, and Markel Fultz. But they have a they have a squad, man. They still have Robert Covington. So they have they have a squad. It's just <clears throat> will they all fit together? We don't we don't know. But they they have they have ain't no no. Not that they all fit together. We do know they'll fit together. It's just will they take the leap? Will Simmons improve on his offense? Will Joel Embiid improve uh, on his shot selection? Will Markel improve altogether? Will J.J. Redick still be the sniper that he's used to be, you know, or that, he, that he's been his entire career? They have the pieces that could make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, they could make it to the 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 NBA Finals, honestly. Because <laughs> I, I believe in Ben Simmons and I believe in Joel Embiid. Now, will they make it to the will the Finals? I don't think so, and I don't know. But they could. They could. At four, you have Toronto. I'm really only looking at two things. I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard, who right now, if he's healthy, he is the best player in the Eastern Conference. If he's 100% healthy, he looked pretty good in the preseason. Of course, he still looks like a player who barely, he only played nine games last year, but he still looked pretty good in the preseason. Uh, You know, I think he needs to get his legs under him a little bit more, but Kawhi Leonard is the third best or best put not third. He is the best player in the Eastern Conference when completely healthy. And I'm looking at their defense, man. You have Kyle Lowry. This this what this start this is the lineup they could they could roll out. The defensive lineup. You have Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, uh I'm gonna put OG Adenobi, Kawhi Leonard at the four, and put Serge Ibaka at the five. And you still have Jonas Valanciunas coming off the bench. You still have Norman Powell coming off the bench. You still have solid players coming off the bench. So I think they can rival um, they can rival Utah and Golden State as top defensive teams in the league. Because that is, like I said, that is a scary defensive five that you put out there. Kyle Lowry, who's always been a defender. Danny Green has always been a sneaky defender. Uh, OG Adenobi, who, while it was his rookie year last year, 
he was still a great, great defender, along with Kawhi Leonard, two-time defensive player of the year, and Serge Ibaka. That is, that's a squad right there, man. That and that's why that no team in the Eastern Conference has a defensive team close to that, and that's why I have them at four. Uh, at three, I have the Houston Rockets. Um, last year they were a game and a CP3 hamstring away from making it to the finals and beating Golden State. You still bring, you know, James Harden. You still bring back the league reigning league MVP. CP3 is healthy. Wow, you did lose a uh, reason in Luaba Mute, and that's why I actually have them three instead of two because they lost a lot of their defense. You do get Melo, who, if he anywhere close to old Melo, he'll be really good, you know, giving you about 15, 16, uh, maybe 20 points a game. You have Eric Gordon. Uh, they're thinking about starting him and making Melo come off the bench, but we'll see how that goes. And you have P.J. Tucker. You still have Gerald Green. So they're still going to be jacking threes. They're still going to be making a lot of threes. They're still going to be a high-octane offense. They're still probably going to put up the most threes in the league. But I have them at three because they lost a lot of their defense, especially at the at a very important position, which is the three, small forward, because now you're going to have to like, – like, think about it. One night you're going to have to go against – KD. The next night, Paul George can roll around, and you have to play him. The next night, you'll have to play against LeBron James. That's crazy. That's crazy. The next night, you could roll around and have to play Ben Simmons while he plays a lot of the one. He also does play his, his rifle position is a power forward position. I mean, small forward position. Uh, it losing Trevor Reese is going to be a big loss for them. Now, yes, they can; they'll still be comp, you know, to still be a great offensive team because you have James Harden, CP3, and Melo, and Clint Capella, who's a great catching, uh, catching lob play or lob catcher, but. That's that's why I can't put them I can't put them in the top two because they lost a lot of their defense, man. And I know it was just two players, but those were two of their three, four best players, as in defensively best players. It was Ariza, Luba Mute, P.J. Tucker, and C.P. Three. Two of them are gone. And you say, what about Clint Capella? Clint Capella, while he he because he's a great rim protector, he's not really guarding anybody outside in the perimeter. So that's gonna that's a big loss for them, but they still could beat Golden State, and they still could beat you know the number two team, which is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, inarguably, is the deepest team in the NBA. Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Uh, Scary Terry, Al Horford, you have uh, Morse, you have what's that dude's name? Uh, uh, Samaji or something? You have they're the deepest team in the league. 
And they have a litany of talent that they can ship out there at any given time. You have one of the best point guards in the league. You have Jason Tatum, who's one of the best upcoming players. Jalen Brown, who could be one of the best upcoming players. Gordon Hayward, who was a monster in Utah and only played, what, four minutes of the season last year before he had a gruesome ankle injury. So he's had a year of healing. Al Horford has always been a great glue guy. So this team is the deepest team in the league. And this team, I have all the faith in the world that they will be, if everybody stays healthy, they will be in the NBA Finals. There's nobody in the East that can come close to their depth. Now, I don't. They they could lose to a team in the East. I don't know. I mean, you still have Toronto. You still have uh, Philadelphia. You still have sleeper teams like Washington and Indiana, and uh, you know some sleeper teams, I guess. But when they're off, when they're firing in all cylinders, no team in the East can beat the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series. And that's why I have them at number two. And number one, I mean, number one should be easy. Like, come on now. It's Golden State. While they, they aren't the deepest team, they're trotting out. When, when, they're all, when they're completely healthy, they're trotting out. Stephen Curry, two-time MVP, Three-time champion, greatest shooter we've ever seen in, in the NBA. Clay Thompson, three-time champion, second greatest shooter we've ever seen in the NBA. Has a 37-point quarter and has a 60-point game on 11 dribbles. KD, arguably first or second best small forward in the league, one of the best scores we've ever seen. Will go down as a top five. Arguably top five player ever. Draymond Green, defensive player. Oh, I'm sorry. And KD is a two-time champion and two-time Finals MVP. Draymond Green, former defensive player of the year. Uh, all defensive second team last year. Three-time champion. And the glue guy to that team. And you have Boogie Cousins. One of, if not the best center in the league. You're, this is the first team. Since I believe the 1960s Celtics that are charting out five All-Stars. Oh, and coming off the bench, you have Andre Gudala, Jordan Bell, Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, Kevin Looney, who, while he be having some dumb moments, man, he's still a, a really solid player. Damon Jones, who looked really good in the preseason. And don't be surprised if they pick up Jamal Crawford, who they're already in talks to getting him on the roster. So that team is that team is a litany of talent, man. Five All Stars, you you can't beat that. You cannot beat that. So again, I I, I really I can see Golden State. What I see is Golden State and Houston and the. Western Conference Final and Golden State ultimately wins, beats Houston in six games. I see Toronto and Boston in 
the Western Eastern Conference Finals, and I see Boston winning in seven games, and I see Golden State three-peating and beating Boston in the NBA Finals in six games. So there you have it, man. That is uh, that's the NBA special. I want to thank you guys for listening. I just ranked all the teams from one to I mean yeah from one to thirty. Uh, this is gonna be an exciting season, man. It's gonna be an exciting season. I love the NBA. If if you guys know, you guys saw my energy never waned. I love the NBA. I can talk about NBA for days, man. Uh, again, this is the unpopular podcast where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. I want to thank you guys for listening. This is the NBA uh, special. And stay tuned for next week. Uh, we're back on a regular schedule next week. So, I, you know, I'll be dropping on a Wednesday. And uh, have a great day, man. Much love. DA got that dope. Ice water turn Atlantic. Night calling in a phantom. Told them, hold it, don't you panic. Took an island, flat the mansion. Drop the roof, more expansion. Drive a coupe, you can stand it. Bitches undercover. I'm an ass and titty lover. Guess we all been for each other. Now that all the dogs free. And we out in these streets. Can you do it? Can you pop it for me? Pull up in a demon on guard. Looking like I still do fraud. Flying private jet with the rod. It's that Z shit. It's that Z shit. Pull up in a demon on guard. Looking like I still do fraud. Flying private jet with the rod. Brains at the coop. Probably one on top, but I'm on mute. I'ma bust her wrist out cause she cute. Fuck her on the yacht, I've been a pool. She an addict, addict, addict for the lifestyle in the paddock. Daddy, have you ever felt Chanel fabric? I be dripping.